Howdy, Riffers. This is David Sanchez, and this is episode 53 of the Riffs or Die podcast for October 28th, 2021. I hope this message finds you well. It's a little bit windy outside, so if you hear some stuff in the background, that's probably what it is. It might be a ghost, or it might be God blowing a fart. I'm not sure. You be the judge. So, if you're hearing this shortly after it has been released, there is a sale this weekend at store.havoc.band. Now, if you go to the Havoc web store in the U.S. here, we're doing a Halloween sale. Everything in the store is 15% off. We launched a bunch of new designs. There's also some Pete Weber signature drumsticks for sale in there. And there's some old tour stock that we uh, rediscovered and put in the web store. So new designs, old designs, drumsticks, and we also restocked the uh, merchandise that was a little low in inventory. We were out of a lot of mediums and large and XLs of some of the newer designs that we released a couple months ago. So now the store is totally stocked up, and I encourage you to go there and take advantage of that 15% off discount The discount is going to end on Sunday night, so get on that quick if you want to save a little bit of money and pick up some new Havoc merch. The V hoodies are in there as well. Those are brand new. We've never made any V hoodies, so I personally can't wait to get my hands on one of those. It's got the beautiful Eloran Cantor artwork on the back. It's got the V hexagrams down the side, and I think you guys are going to dig what you see in there. Check it out. It's store. Dot havoc dot band. And for those that don't have the proper public education, like me, where I got all learned up real good, like Havoc is spelled with a K, H-A-V-O-K, store.havoc.band. Of course, I encourage you to go and support Havoc and buy some Havoc merch. Obviously, that's my band. That's my baby. It's love of my life. <laughs> No, but seriously, aside from that, if you want to support this podcast specifically, you can go to riffsordie.com and pick up some merch there for the podcast that directly supports this podcast and allows me to keep this thing free and keeps me going. Or you can go to patreon.com slash riffsordie and subscribe. And for subscribers that sign up at $10 or more on patreon.com slash riffsordie, you will have access to the Zoom Hangouts. Every month we do a hangout where you guys can ask me anything in real time and we just bullshit for an hour and, you know, shoot the shit. We have a good time, joke around, uh, tell each other stories, tell each other jokes, talk about what's happening in the world. And the next one that's happening is on this Saturday, October 30th. So if you want to have access to that Zoom hangout on October 30th, this Saturday, you got to go sign up at patreon.com slash riffs or die at the $10 level or higher. To everybody that's already done so, thank you very much. And everyone that's going to do so, thank you very much in advance. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please give a review. I would appreciate that. And follow me on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff. What's the thing the uh, YouTubers these days are saying? Make sure to smash up the like button. I don't think I'll ever 
unironically tell you to smash up the like button. But my mockery aside, <laughs> you should go hit the like button on some of these videos on the Riffs or Die YouTube. There's clips on there if you don't want to battle through entire episodes. I know sometimes they're a bit chunky and hefty. If you don't have time, you can get some quick little clips on there. More to come. So I just saw the movie Dune the other day. Me and my girlfriend went and saw Dune, and it was excellent. It was super, super killer. We saw an IMAX, so the imagery was beautiful and the sound was insane. There were some parts that were so loud, it like almost hurt your ears, but uh, they kept it super engaging and made all the explosions and the fighting scenes and all that kind of stuff way exciting. The ships in the movie were so cool. It was like um, Star Wars on crack. It was way cool, way more serious version of Star Wars. Dune was super, super rad, and I cannot wait for the second one to come out. Now that I've seen Dune in the IMAX, I definitely want to go see it in 3D somewhere else so I can see it again, but see all the extra work the visual artist put into making it three-dimensional. And they definitely left it off for a sequel to be made. So if you've seen the old Dune movie that was made by David Lynch, it kind of covers the whole long story that includes the climax and everything at the end. But this new Dune movie did not include the climactic uh, heroic stuff at the end of the story. So I was wondering, most of the way through the movie, I was like, Jesus Christ, they need to like pick up the pace. This thing's not going to be able to explain the end very fully. What What's going on? And then obviously the movie ended and I was like, oh, okay. They left you cliffhanging for a reason. So you'll go see Dune part two. But anyway, I think you should go see it. It was very well done. The music was cool. The acting was great. Costume, set design, uh, where they shot, the CGI, everything about it was killer. The sound too. The sound was amazing. There is one gripe. The only gripe I had and this is just coming from a cynical audio engineer perspective. In the movie, there was a lot of scenes where there was whispering because people were talking and trying to keep it quiet. But in the mix of the audio, the whispering sometimes was covered up by like sound effects or something else going on, music or whatever. And it was hard to understand some of the words. It's my only gripe. But again, that's just me being a cynical asshole audio engineer pushing up my glasses on my nose, like, meh, the sound wasn't good enough. Bleh. But that is a very minor gripe. The movie was amazing. Go see it. Dune! On another note, I saw something the other day. Uh, apparently in Australia, in Victoria, Australia, that state, pretty soon their prime minister or uh, whatever kind of their governor type of guy, their premier, I don't know what they call him, but that guy, Daniel Andrews, he is going to be able to have the power to declare pandemics whenever he feels like it. And when he declares a pandemic, emergency health situation, if you are caught violating the health orders, you can receive two years in jail or a $90,000 fine. 
ludicrous. That's absolutely like on V for Vendetta level shit. Crazy dystopian, but it's actually real. It's actually happening. Look that up. Um, I was kind of in disbelief, so I had to look it up. Like, no way that's real. They're going to lock you up for two years in jail for going outside of your house after curfew or going to a protest. That's just insane. Can you imagine you go to the beach to watch the sunset and the cops show up and drag you off to jail and you're in there for two years? Sounds crazy, right? It is crazy. And it's real. That's the craziest part. (laughs) It's actually real. It's happening. Man, Australia. I definitely don't envy your situation over there. It's really, really brutal and gnarly. I have some friends down there, and uh, some of them are talking about leaving the country. I mean, fuck, if I was down there, I don't know if I would be hesitating to leave the country. That's next-level craziness. If you are down under and listening to this, feel free to write in. Podcast at com. Tell me what's going on down there. I would love to read it and spread the word. I'll help you get the word out about what's happening in your neck of the woods. If any of you guys have any questions or comments for the show, you can always write them in to me at podcast at riffsordie.com. And I'm actually going to read a bunch more of your questions right now. So let's dive in. This one says, question, hello. I wanted to ask your opinion on John Schaefer when he joined the January 6th Capitol raid. I personally am a big fan of his and strongly disagree with the sentencing he's received, but I do agree with others that it was a dumb move for him to think that was the day to overthrow the government. What are your thoughts on this, and do you think he should be freed of any charges? Hashtag free John Schaefer. Hashtag I stand with Schaefer. All right. Well, there's a few things to unpack here in this short email. Number one, you said you do agree with others that it was a dumb move for him to think that was the day to overthrow the government. Let's be clear here. They keep calling this an insurrection. I don't think they know what an insurrection is. An insurrection is where people legitimately try to overthrow a government. That didn't happen. People didn't show up with guns. Could you imagine if all those people that were there at that protest showed up armed and legitimately tried to overthrow the government? That would have been an insurrection. What happened there was not that. They, they keep throwing around that word. But like that guy in uh, The Princess Bride says, you keep using that word, but I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah, overthrowing the government, I don't think that's what they were necessarily trying to do there. They were trying to make a ruckus, make a scene, but overthrowing the United States government, I don't believe that that was the case there. I don't believe that was the uh, intention. I don't believe that is what was attempted. I I don't think it was an insurrection in any way, shape, or form. Again, no one showed up armed. No one was like threatening to execute politicians and, and presidents and things like that. That's what happens when there's a real insurrection. That shit didn't happen. But my thoughts on it, and do I think he should be freed of any charges? Well, Maybe those people, as long as they weren't getting violent, 
maybe they should get charged with trespassing or uh, maybe trying to impede official government business or something like that. But getting charged with insurrection or with uh, treason or, you know, some of these people are still locked up in jail cells with, with no, uh, no parole, no, no way to get out and leave the cell. That's just insane. Now, if people were being violent, that's a different story altogether. That actually is a real crime, a serious crime. If you're assaulting people, there should be punishments for that. A hundred percent. These days with how many people know MMA and shit like that, like you don't know who you're messing with and one punch landing the right or wrong way could kill someone. You could literally murder someone with your bare hands easier than you might want to think. So assault is a very serious thing, but breaking into a Capitol building, I mean, they didn't burn the place down. They didn't steal artwork off the walls. They just walked around in there and paraded around in there like children that are king of the castle. A lot of the people that entered the Capitol building didn't even do anything crazy. They literally just walked in because everyone else was doing it and were taking selfies in there and taking pictures. Should those people be in jail? I don't think so. Again, maybe they should get a fine Or be charged with trespassing or something like that. But locked up? No. And keep in mind that they still have thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of videotape from inside the building on that day. And they're not releasing it publicly. Hmm. Gee, I wonder why they won't release that publicly. You would think if there was a real insurrection happening, that shit would be on the news 24-7. But they're not releasing that information. They're not releasing those videos. Real interesting. Maybe because there was not much to see in there. Also, the only person that died on that day was a protester, a woman, who was shot in the face by a police officer. That's the only person that died. Doesn't really sound like an insurrection to me. Remember that kidnapping plot? to kidnap the governor of Wisconsin. It was later revealed that 12 of the like 15 conspirators to to pull off this kidnapping were FBI. We call them agent provocateurs. You get a bunch of people to go to a rally and they get violent and turn it into a riot. And it makes the people that were attending the rally with good intentions look like criminal assholes. Makes them look really bad. They're called agent provocateurs. That is the word for it. And um, the FBI has been caught red-handed so many times doing this shit. Organizing um, protests, organizing kidnappings, organizing true insurrections and things like that. So a lot of these people either got convinced to do this shit by FBI or were FBI and probably will never see a day in court for it. Really crazy shit. And this is not a conspiracy theory. This is proper conspiracy. The FBI conspires to try to infiltrate the minds of other people, get them to agree to do some illegal shit, and then they arrest those people. It's totally fucked up. It's blackmail, essentially. It's entrapment. I think that would be the more correct legal definition for that. 
But do I think he should be freed of any charges? Maybe not of any charges. I don't know the full extent of what he did. But it was surprising to see him with a back patch that had Donald Trump on it. I once had a conversation, a very long conversation with John Schaefer. I was at Century Media headquarters in Germany, and he was there doing a press at the same time. So uh, one night we had a few drinks and I hung out with him and bullshitted with him for like, I don't know, 90 minutes or two hours. We talked about the Federal Reserve. We talked about uh, JFK. We talked about all kinds of things. And he seemed like a very smart, well-read historian of sorts that knows a lot of shit about a lot of shit. He didn't strike me as crazy. And to be honest, he struck me as someone who was nonpartisan someone who didn't believe in Republicans or Democrats, someone that believed that the system was corrupt to the bone and that politicians were not our friends. So the most shocking thing about the John Schaefer stuff to me was the images of him with a Donald Trump backpatch. I found that very weird because when I spoke with him, he didn't seem like he would be a supporter of Trump or of any politician. He seemed like a total free thinker that wouldn't just accept the words of any politician without action to back it up. And as we all know, Trump, you know, he did a lot of things I don't like. He did a lot of things I do like. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I think both parties suck. But say what you will about Trump. He did some things that were good for this country. But at the end, he just turned into a vaccine salesman and he did nothing to prevent all of this mess that we're in right now. He barely did anything. He let this tyranny become commonplace. So even though he did some of this good stuff during his term, that was very pro-America and lowered taxes and helped actual American working class people, in some ways, don't get me wrong, I'm not just completely blind. I'm not in love with the guy or anything, but... At the very end of his term, it was made very clear that he was just a business-as-usual politician. He said one thing, did another. And he did nothing to protect this country when he was at the end of his term. All he did was sign on to the Big Pharma uh, blowjob train and start shilling Big Pharma products. He started promoting Big Pharma products and saying that that was the answer. They're great. They're so great. I'm so great. I approve this stuff, warp speed. Nobody else could have done it faster than me. Oh, good. Nobody else could have rushed these experimental injections out faster than you. Okay, great. Good job, bro. So, yeah, the most shocking thing, again, was just him having a Donald Trump backpatch. I thought that was super weird because John Schaefer really struck me as a free thinker that would never have a politician on a backpatch on his jacket. So I'm not sure what happened between when I spoke with John Schaefer and when he got busted going to that event. But uh, should he be freed of any charges? Maybe he should be freed of some charges. I don't know. But there's got to be some sort of recourse if you are violent or you genuinely did something that had a victim. If you committed a crime that had a victim, you should be held accountable for that. But that's my John Schaefer story. And that's what I have to say about the January 6th incident that they keep incorrectly calling an insurrection. Thanks for writing in. That was a good one. Here's another one. It says, hey, David, how's it going? 
I'm a Brazilian thrash fan and, of course, a Havoc fan. You may know Brazil for Sepultura, Christian, soccer, and taxes. <laughs> My question is simple. What are your thoughts about the 2030 agenda? Hope to see Havoc in Brazil soon. Thank you and keep opening people's eyes through music and history. Well, my thoughts about the 2030 agenda. I think that they're right on track to accomplish all of that. The 2030 agenda evolved out of the Agenda 21 nonsense. And essentially, 2030, they wrap it all up in a nice little package to make it seem like it's a really great thing. But essentially... They want full control over all transportation. And when I say they, I mean the governments around the world. They are going to want full control over transportation, identification, uh, business transactions, um, all, all monetary transactions, all banking industries, all farming industries, all water resources. It's the agenda to basically take over the entire planet and make it so that there's no free markets anymore. All under the guise of, hey, we're being real green and we're going to be good for the environment. We're going to take care of you and we're going to end starvation. Well, sounds good on paper. Like the Communist Manifesto. Sounds good on paper, but <laughs> in practice, doesn't really work out so well. It's, it doesn't work out that uh, rosy and peachy. It's not that nice and, and positive. So Agenda 2030, I think they are completely on schedule with this 2030 agenda and we're nine years out soon to be eight years out from that being fully realized. If you have any interest in looking at what the 2030 agenda is all about, I'll leave a link in the description for this and you can just click and, and find some info for yourself and keep in mind, it all sounds really good, but read between the lines a little bit and understand they're going to accomplish all this stuff by making Everybody a little less free. Maybe a lot less free. The plans are right out there in the open. They're not even secret. And when a lot of people talk about Agenda 2030 and stuff, people look at you like you're a conspiracy theorist. Like I'm <laughs> Just because I know information about what the global elite's plans are that they publicly say they're trying to pull off, doesn't make you a conspiracy theorist. That means that you're paying attention. When these people that run the world say, hey, this is what we want to do and this is how we want to rule over your life. I don't know about you, but I tend to pay attention to that stuff. I don't just brush it off. It's like, oh, that's for the tinfoil hat people. Like, uh, These are the people that actually make the big decisions and they're literally telling you what they're going to do and what their plans are for your life. Might want to look into that. Might want to pay attention. That's just me though. Good question. Long live Sepultura and long live Christian and soccer and death to taxes. How about that? Pretty mind-blowing to think that the U.S. was started over a 3% increase in taxes on tea. They Hard and feathered and murdered and hung motherfuckers for a 3% tax increase. And then in this country, we've got between federal and state taxes, you're probably looking at somewhere between 20 and maybe 45% taxing on your income. Not just an increase of tax on your T, they tax your money that you made with your hard work, 
blood, sweat, and tears. They literally steal your time. They steal your efforts. But it's not merely just theft. It's extortion because they threaten you. If you don't pay up, we're going to break your legs. Straight up mafia shit. But that's amazing. 3% tax increase started a nationwide revolution. Here we are just a couple hundred years later. We're getting taxed a third of our income. And people are just like, okay, I guess that's fine. I guess we need roads. Well, I guess we need a military that spends $800 billion a year to go bomb brown people overseas. I guess we need to do that. You know, whatever. Taxes. What a waste. The way they get used is such a waste. And it's criminal that they take your income. We should just have a flat rate tax where there's a built-in tax on every good and service sold. That way, if you make a bunch of money, you don't get penalized for doing good. The way taxes work in this country is you get penalized for having a good year. You get penalized for making good money. You work hard, bust your ass, and make a good living? Well, we're going to penalize you for that. So if you make a million dollars, but you don't spend like a millionaire, you should get to keep a bunch of your money. But if you spend money like a millionaire and you're spending money all over the place, you just cook the taxes into the goods and services, you know, bought and sold. Boom. There's your tax money. And then the tax revenue that's collected actually reflects the true economy of the country. The taxes that are pulled in reflect the GDP. The actual commerce that's happening in the country is reflected in how much they get to use. They can't just treat you as a slave. Slaves work for free. Well, you're giving away about a third of your income. You're about a third slave. A lot of people, I'd say most people in America, are about a third slave. And they just don't know it. But of course, the best slave is the one that doesn't know they're a slave. I think that's a way better way that we could collect taxes. There's honestly so many ways that you could save money by not blowing the tax money on stupid shit. Just having a built-in tax on all goods and services sold would alleviate a lot of problems. And then you're not punishing people for working hard. What a concept. Almost sounds like... What's that? And it almost smells like... Freedom. Freedom. What a concept. Somebody should start... A country based on the ideas of individual liberty and freedom. One might even consider such a country to hold the values of liberty and justice for all in high regard. Sounds like a pretty good idea. Somebody should start a country like that. (laughs) I think somebody already did. And then sociopaths took over the functions of government of said country and are driving it into the ground while making it blur the line between communism, fascism, and a dystopian hell. But maybe I'm just crazy. This country's still a beautiful place, still a beautiful place to live, but boy, oh boy, do we have some of our own problems here. That is for certain. 
Still a great place, though. Still love this place. Still love the people here. Well, a lot of the people here. Generally, I love people. I don't always love people's ideas. Does that make sense? If it does, great. If it doesn't, that's okay, too. Let's get to another question. This one says, Hey, David, any advice on writing songs? What do you do when you've pieced together a song? Thanks. All hails. Any advice on writing songs? Well, where I normally start is with a good riff. If you get a good riff and then find another riff or write another riff that pairs nicely with it, you're fast on your way to making a song. Look at Enter Sandman. Other than the bridge in the middle of the song, almost the whole tune is one riff just with some variations on it. So just a couple riffs can really go a long way, especially if you are creative and can vary it a little bit. But advice on writing songs, as far as lyrics go, I think writing something you're passionate about is wise, always, or trying to convey a message that you want to get out to the world. Or you can always write songs about events in history, be like Iron Maiden. But here's some of my big takeaways from writing songs for all these years. I've learned that I really enjoy when the two guitars are acting as two different guitars and they play slightly different things to either harmonize or play completely different parts to make the music more full, more big, more like an orchestra. And same thing when you throw the bass in there. With the bass guitar, I like the bass line to be a bass line and not just mirror the guitar riffs. I think you can get so much musicality out of those three instruments, two guitars and a bass. You can make a lot happen with that. That's a big realization I've had. Over time, it's developed, but I really have learned that I enjoy hearing those different voices all playing together in some sort of beautiful harmony or cacophony. Depends what you're going for. But that's always good, having some variety in what the instruments are playing so you don't have the bass and the two guitars all playing the exact same thing. Granted, there is a time and a place for that. Don't disregard that completely. Sometimes you want everybody to just be chugging on one thing or playing the same riff in unison. And then drum-wise, personally, I really like when there's some irregularities in the drums where there's a beat that you don't normally hear or there's some sort of hit or a little hiccup or you know something in the beat or the drum groove that makes it unique, something that breathes its own life into it. And again, nothing wrong with just going straight four on the floor. ACDC is incredibly successful. And they rule. But if you listen to old ACDC and what Phil Rudd does on the drums, he will lay down a very straightforward beat. But then where he throws his accents on the cymbals, and every once in a while, instead of going like, sometimes he'll switch it up on like the fourth measure or something. Just little variations can make such a huge difference. Keep that stuff in mind. Give it some variety. And if you've got a riff that repeats four times, maybe consider changing something in the riff on the third repeat or the fourth repeat. That could give it a little bit of variation, a little bit of flavor, and increase the replay value of the riffs. 
And one last songwriting tip I guess I'll recommend is a very typical thing to do in pop music, but you also hear it a lot in rock songs and all kinds of music. Often the chorus modulates to a higher key. Normally the chorus is in a higher note than, let's say, the pre-chorus. That way the chorus launches off into the chorus. Or sometimes it's the opposite. If you look at like uh, Enter Sandman, you got the chorus and it's all on the second fret of your low E string. That's kind of where the chorus is. Sleep with one eye open, gripping your pillow tight. And then it drops down to open E, the zero fret. So it drops down two half steps, drops down one whole step into the main riff where he says exit light, enter night. That's a good little songwriting trick for you. When you are writing your pre-chorus or your chorus, try to make it in a different key than the rest of the song. Doesn't always have to be like this, but it can get you out of a writer's block. Sometimes you just need to modulate and like go into a different key for the chorus or for the pre-chorus just to give it a little bit of tension. You're looking for peaks and valleys, you know, like a roller coaster. You don't want it to be going 100 the whole time. You want to tell a story. You want it to have some slow stuff and fast stuff and break it up a little bit so it doesn't all sound the same. So key changes. Key changes can be really helpful when you're uh, writing your intro versus the verse riff or your pre-chorus or your chorus. Or Key changes are extremely common in what's called the bridge of a song. Normally songs, especially pop songs, will have a part in the middle of the song where it does a key change and there's a section of the song that doesn't sound like any other part of the song. That's another good little tip you can use for your own writing. I hope that was helpful. I don't know if it was that helpful. I might have just said a bunch of shit you already know. But uh, there you go. Good luck. One last one here. This says The Undertaker. Ooh, is this about the pro wrestler or is this about a graveyard man? This one says, hey, David, this was a good interview. And the dude said he's down to talk about his experience on podcasts as long as they don't take him out first. Love the podcast and love Havoc. You're the man. Well, thanks for the kind words. I actually did see this video. I'm going to post a link to this Undertaker video in the description for this episode. And what this dude had to say, he like runs a funeral home and he's talking about the deaths that have been coming in from Vaseline related issues. And it's pretty fucking wild. He drops a lot of crazy knowledge in there um, from his own personal experience. I highly recommend you check it out if that's the kind of thing that interests you. If you have Rona fatigue and you don't want to hear anything about it, that's fine. But if you have interest and you would like to hear something you're never going to hear on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, any of that shit, and you want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth from a guy who literally is in the business of undertaking and running a funeral home, you will want to check this video out. Again, I will leave the link for that in the description. So feel free to check that out and write in what you thought about it. It's... uh like 40 minutes or maybe an hour or something. I watched it quite a while ago, but it was very good. A lot of good information. And um, 
yeah, man, he just helps expose what's really going on. And it's a wild, crazy world we live in right now. A lot of the information's out there. They're doing their best to censor it, but the info is out there if you want to find it. It's there. Maybe just instead of looking on YouTube for things, go looking on Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey. There's a bunch of YouTube alternatives that don't censor so much. So consider, when you're researching stuff, consider going to some of these other sites. BitChute is a great one. Rumble as well. They don't censor like YouTube. So YouTube, you're going to get some very skewed material and information. If you don't like that, go check those other sites. But that is it for this episode. Keep sending me emails. I love reading them. Send them over to me at podcast at riffsordie.com and I would love to answer more of your questions. Keep them coming. Podcast at riffsordie.com. Don't forget, you can always go to riffsordie.com to pick up some merch and support the show. Or if you want to have access to the Zoom hangout that's on this Saturday, October 30th, go to patreon.com slash riffsordie and sign up. Last but not least, do not forget to go to store.havoc.band this weekend. I'm going to have the link in the description, and that's where you guys can go and get brand new Havoc merch, or maybe get some older Havoc merch that you've never seen before or was out of stock the last time you looked. Everything in the store is going to be 15% off this weekend only. So make sure you get in there quick because that deal is not going to be around on Monday. You got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's it. Deals off after that. Then you're going to have to pay full price. Capiche? All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'll leave you all with a quote before I get out of here. And this one relates to me talking about freedom constantly, talking about the overreaction to this Cerveza bug that's rolling around out there. This is a perfect quote about that. It's by a man named Andre Gide. The quote is, Everything that needs to be said has already been said, but since no one was listening, everything must be said again. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? Let's maintain and expand freedom wherever possible. Don't be afraid to voice your opinion about freedom and liberty. These are great things to be bringing up and speaking about today. A lot of people may roll their eyes at that, but it's real shit. Look at what the world's going through right now. We need to maximize and expand freedom wherever possible. So take that one to the bank. Oh yeah, and I almost forgot. If there are any video editors, people that are good with video editing, listening to this, please shoot me an email, podcast at riftsordie.com. I would like to talk to you about some stuff I would like to work on to expand the YouTube channel for Riffs or Die. So if you are into video editing and have some time on your hands, please shoot me an email. I would love to talk to you. That's it, everybody. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I will talk to you all very, very soon. Good day. Good day.